Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com. Hey, if you've got your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in a few different places. We are going to be in Matthew chapter 13. Uh, we're also going to be for a little while, in a little while, we're going to be in Revelation uh, chapter 21 and 22. Now, we're, this message began in the Word of God. I want you to know that. And we're going to end up getting to the Word of God, but I want to share some things that will, I hope, help it stick with you um, as we go out throughout the week. So let me start this morning with a, a couple of, of thoughts. The t- I, I titled this, had I known. How many of you have ever in your life said, I wish I knew then what I know now? Anybody? How many wish you could go back and teach your 13-year-old self or your 21-year-old self or your 25-year-old self what you know at 40 or 50 or 60, right? I, yeah, many, many times. Well, this is kind of along that lines in the sense that if I had only known, if I had only known, how many of you have ever heard of cryptocurrency? cryptocurrency. Bitcoin's the big one right now that everybody's probably kind of heard of, but there's about, I don't even know, 300, 400 different cryptocurrencies out there that are available. And there's one called Cardano. My youngest son um, put me uh, onto or or, or is telling me about here uh, six months ago, I suppose. And I got to looking at this currency. It's called Cardano. Uh, And back in March of 2020, so about the time the pandemic broke loose, I could have bought one Cardano coin for three cents. Three pennies. So if I did my phone math correctly this morning, that means for $3,000 back in March of last year, I could have bought 100,000 Cardanos. 100,000. Now, here's, so, so here's the if I had only known part. Um, just recently, just September 2nd of this year, that same coin went from $0.03 cents a coin to $3.09 a coin. Now, if you do the math, and I did the, the, the phone math this morning, and I think I've got this right, had I invested $3,000 in March of last year, September of this year, about 18 months later, I would have had in my account 300, just over $300,000. If I had only known. If I had only known. If you guys knew about something like that, how many of you would be all in? Yeah. I mean, come on, right? I'd be like, Ruthie, mortgage the house, sell the car, right? Go hit the kids up. You know, we've helped support them when they were little. Get a loan, right? I mean, and, and so let me just take a step back and say, listen, I'm not really encouraging any of you to do that. Um, and this isn't a promo for cryptocurrency. I, I, I saw the article a number of months ago on Apple News, a gentleman had literally mortgaged, second mortgage on his house to go and buy Dogecoin, uh, which is probably even more, well, is definitely more sketchy than Cardano. And uh, he mortgaged his house and ended up catching it at the right time and became a, a Dogecoin millionaire. Wow. Now that's just one story. I could probably find a hundred stories of the guy that's now broke looking for a place to live who tried to do the same thing. So this is not a promo for, promotion for that by any means, but it, it, it's, it's setting up a message that I want to preach this morning about how much would you give for something that was really, really, truly worth 
anything. Now, how many have heard the term bubbles? You guys familiar with the term bubbles? That's kind of, I mean, it's a big thing right now. People talk about asset bubbles and real estate bubbles and bond bubbles and, and crypto bubbles. Every, everything's a bubble. And bubbles come about for a variety of reasons. One is they come about because, well, they come about because people have extra cash laying around that they just don't know what to do with. And, you know, maybe that's never or not you. I, I don't, sometimes I feel like that's not so much me, but you know, when the government sends you thousands of dollars and you've got your job and maybe got a raise, you know, you've got extra cash, which isn't been everybody. And if you needed the cash, then it was nice to have there, but more money. So bubbles come because people have more money than they know what to do with and they invest it. Sometimes bubbles have because, happen because we're, we're human beings. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I like quick and easy. Anybody like quick and easy? I, it doesn't matter what you're talking about. If you're talking about cooking breakfast, I like quick and easy. If you're talking about mowing the grass, I like quick and easy. If you're talking about doing laundry or ironing a shirt, I like quick and easy. If you're talking about getting wealthy, being a millionaire, or, or, or even just making a buck, I, I mean, right? I mean, that's kind of human nature. I like quick and easy, but quick and easy is one of those things that causes bubbles to happen. And probably the last thing is none of us think we'll be the last fool right? You'd say, Pastor Barry, what do, I, what do you mean by that? Well, it, it's okay to buy something if you think you can sell it to somebody else for a dollar more, and as long as you can sell it to somebody else for a dollar more, you're okay, because you're not the last fool, because that guy thinks he can, buy, he can pay your extra dollar, and he can sell it to somebody else for a dollar more, and, 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 but, you know, I, I learned a long time that most of the time in my life, I've become the last fool, Right? <laughs> There's a reason I don't run stop signs, and there's a reason I don't run stop lights, and there's a reason I don't go very far over the speed limit, and, and that's because, well, the 10 guys before me probably got away with it, but I can tell you I won't get away with it. I'll be the last fool more times than not, and bubbles are a real thing that happen when we invest in things that don't have the value that we're spending on them. Proverbs 13:11. this isn't really my message, but... Just to keep you all out of crypto, let me just read this to you. Proverbs 13, 11 says this, Wealth gained hastily will dwindle. So don't be the person chasing the crypto dream, the crypto million millions, and, um, because wealth gained hastily will dwindle. Uh, something to keep in mind. But I do want to talk about bubbles. I want to talk here in a moment about Matthew 13. Matthew 13, 44 through 46 says this, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has to buy the field. Did y'all catch that? The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. This particular treasure is so valuable, truly so valuable, not bubble valuable, but truly so valuable that a man goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. Jesus himself goes on and says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. See, Jesus teaches us that the kingdom of heaven is truly the great treasure that is worth giving and selling and, have, and, and spending everything you have to gain it. Somebody came up to me after first service and says, Pastor Barry, I'm going to go have my wife um, get our mortgage out and and uh, give it to you, my, our deed out, and give it to you. And I said, no, I don't want your deed. That's not what this message was about in any way, shape, or form. This isn't about getting you to give more or anything like that. It's to realize that the treasure that is the kingdom of heaven is the most valuable treasure in this world. Bubbles. Bu bubbles are interesting things. 
Um, the first bubble that ever took place took place in Holland back in the 1500s, 1600s. Do you know what they were buying and selling? If you've never heard the story, I could probably give you 100 guesses and you wouldn't get it. They were buying and selling tulips. Tulips. That, that's not a new cryptocurrency, that, the flower, tulips. In the mid-1500s, tulips got introduced to Holland from the Ottoman Empire, and people got so excited about tulips that they become a, 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 a status symbol. Everybody wanted a tulip. Everybody wanted to own multiple colors and variations and variegations, and, all the, and, and they'd give them these big fancy names for the bulbs, and people begin to trade bulbs, and, tra- and, and, and then this, the greatest fool, this guy would sell this tulip bulb to this guy for $10 more than he paid for it because he knew he could sell it to this guy for $10 more, and, and pretty soon people were paying like 12 times their annual salary for a, a, a bunch of 40, like 40 or 50 tulip bulbs. Crazy. They began to sell them on, on exchanges like we do stocks today. They were selling, and it got to the place in the country early in the 1600s or 1630s. Every single human being in Holland was doing this. The, the, the woman who washed clothes for a living, the house cleaners, the, the men who were artisans, uh, uh, the wealthy themselves, everybody was selling tulip bulbs because they all knew that they could make a little bit of money. money. It, was the first, it was the first bubble. Tulip mania is, is, is what it was called. Right up till the day, 1635, 1636, I believe it was, right up to the day, you know what happened. Somebody took a pen and stuck it right in the bubble and popped it. And all of a sudden, the one that was sitting there with futures of tulip bulbs that they had paid crazy amounts of money in, the, merchant, the merchant who had, had tulip bulbs on his on his shelves instead of flour, all of a sudden, those that had tulip bulbs that had been worth annual salaries were now worth barely pennies. I mean, it was a crazy time. Now listen, when people chase after bubbles, all kinds of weird things happen, and, and usually not healthy things. They, they told the story in the middle of tulip mania. A sailor had came in on a ship, and he... Uh, hadn't been keeping up with what was going on in Holland, and, he, and he didn't, so he didn't know about tulip mania, didn't know about the bulbs, and he walked into a mercantile store uh, ha- after having been to sea for a long time and went to buy his produce. I don't know what he was buying, you know, clothes, flour, I don't, I don't know, but while he was in there, he was planning to go eat lunch. He was going to go and, and get some herring, and he was going to have herring for lunch, and while he was in there, he was waiting on his order to be filled and brought out to him. He saw a, 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 a table of fine china, and right in the middle of the table of fine china was this onion. He thought, well, that's weird. Somebody must have just laid that there. That doesn't, that, I'm a, he took it and stuck it in his pocket, thinking that'll be good with lunch. And he walked out, got his order, and he walked out of the, the mercantile store and headed down the, 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 the street to the, the restaurant. And as soon as he stepped out of the door, the owner of the mercantile realized his prized thousand upon thousand upon thousand upon thousand upon thousand dollar tulip bulb was gone. And he pulled all the, 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 uh, the, the clerks together, and, and they were scrambling and, and frantically looking under the, the chairs and under the counter and trying to find this tulip bulb, and finally somebody remembered the sailor, and, and as soon as they mentioned the sailor's name, the, the owner of the, of the mercantile store ran out the front door and, and went running down the, down, down the street trying to find him and found him sometime later in the restaurant, and just as he walked in the door, 
the man was with his knife slicing the last piece of the tulip bulb into a, a, a small sliver and popped it in his mouth. He had ate it with his herring. Needless to say, the mercantile guy was not happy. Not, he was so unhappy that the sailor ended up spending some time in prison over that uh, oops. See, when we get caught up in bubbles, some weird, bizarre, crazy things happen. But when is a bubble not a bubble? When is a bubble not a bubble? When should I go out and invest in Cardano or Bitcoin or tulip bulbs? When is a bubble not a bubble? Jesus told us what I read to you a moment ago in the parables. A bubble is not a bubble when that which we treasure truly is worth anything. And Jesus tells us, he says, he says the kingdom of heaven is like that treasure that is worth anything. Sell all you have, give all you have in order to gain the kingdom of heaven. Now the real, the real question for each one of you this morning is when it comes to the kingdom of heaven, how much conviction do you have about this treasure? Just a handful of years ago, a couple years ago, I can remember sitting in the back of this church. We, were, we had a work day or something going on in the back. I was, and I remember Cheryl and Joe were there, Dan and I think Katie were sitting back there and maybe a few of you sitting here today. And I can remember talking about Bitcoin at that time. And I can remember saying to them, you know, Bitcoin, it, it, I, I've been listening to these people talk about it and they're saying it's going to go to $100,000 and it's only $4,000 right now and I, I ought to go out and buy, buy a Bitcoin. Just a few months ago, you know how much Bitcoin reached? $63,000. Do you know how many Bitcoin I had in my account at that time? Zero. Zero. I can remember in 2008, gold was starting to come down. Gold was becoming cheap. And I can remember, I can remember it hit about $800 an ounce. And I can remember coming home from my job at that time. We were still living up north. I wasn't, uh, wasn't pastor here. And I can remember coming home and telling Ruthie, Ruthie, if I had a little bit of money, I'd go out and buy a few ounces of gold because it's $800 an ounce. And that's just so cheap. And I, I, I'm thinking about buying some gold. You know how much gold I had in my account when it hit $1,800 an ounce just a few months ago? You know how much gold I had in my account? zero. Do you know why? Because I didn't have the conviction that I needed to go out and make the investment. And the question to you this morning is, how much conviction do you have when it comes to the value of the kingdom of heaven? Now listen, this morning we could talk about, we could talk about the kingdom of heaven in the context of this life, and, and we like to talk about the kingdom of heaven in the context of this life. I mean, we all like to talk about Cadillacs and cars and, and bigger homes and there's a lot of preachers that spend a lot of time preaching and telling us how God blesses us in this life with perfect health and with wealth and, and, and God does those things. I'm not against those things and, and, and God does bless his people. I believe that but can I tell you this morning there was a time when we were people of eternity not people of the here and now. And when God talks about the kingdom of heaven, let's, rather than talk about what God will do for us right now, let's talk for a moment about what eternity is going to look like. Because here's the reality. Let me, let, me, let me just put it to you this way this morning. I pray God bless you with a beautiful home. I pray God bless you with, uh, with, with a great vehicle. I pray God bless you with a wonderful job. And I pray God bless you. I, I pray you all get a million dollars in your account or more. If you've got a million, I pray God give you two. 
right? But don't miss this. On this earth, in this world, houses get old, trucks rust, and ultimately we're all going to die and you're going to leave that million dollars to either your kids, the government, or somebody you don't even like, right? So let's talk about, rather than that, let's be for a moment what we used to be, and let's be people of eternity, and let's talk about what the kingdom of heaven looks like, not just in this world, although I'm, I'm grateful for the blessings of God, but let's talk about for a moment what the kingdom of heaven looks like in eternity. Let's remember that treasure for a moment. If you've got your Bibles this morning, go with me to Revelation 21, because we, we get just this little insight into what eternity is going to look like. We get just this little insight into what it might be about. We get just this little bit of information. We get, we get the picture of what eternity looks like, this treasure of the kingdom of heaven through the eyes of John, the revelator, who was a first century man trying to explain something that was just beyond him. He was trying to write down some things he just he, beyond him, and he, and he did the best he can. And, and let's just look at this. Chapter 21, verse 1 of Revelation, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Listen to me, our, our popular media and, and just our popular culture has not done us any favors when it comes to understanding the, the treasure of the kingdom of heaven, because we've come to see heaven as this place of clouds, where we sit with harps, right? Right? We sit with harps and angels, and that's that. In, 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 in common, uh, uh, the common mindset, that's what heaven is. But I read this this morning, and I realize heaven's not just a bunch of people sitting in the clouds with a bunch of angels. Heaven is actually, there is an earth, and there are heavens above. The new heaven and the new earth is a very real place. And in that, that new earth that we're talking about, there will be a place called the New Jerusalem. There will be a city called Jerusalem that will be the, the capital of, of this new earth. Jesus will be, God himself will be the one who rules this earth from that place. And we're told the dwelling place of God is with man. How, what, I, I don't know how you feel about this. I know how I feel about it. How would you like to get up every morning and know you're going to get to spend your day with God? That wouldn't be bad, would it? How much would you give for that? That treasure. He says this, he says, it's going to be a place where God rules, God reigns from Jerusalem, and in that place, he's going to wipe away every tear from your eyes. Anybody cry this week? You don't have to raise your hand. Anybody feel like crying this week? You don't have to raise your hand. He's going to wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Death shall be no more. I think I was 18 before I lost a family member. My grandmother, my grandma Curtis passed away when I was about 18. Probably the first time I ever stood at a funeral of somebody that was a part of my family and realized that death is a thing. I'm 55 now. 
Every extra year I live, it becomes more real to me. And ever since that 18th year, I've watched more and more family and friends closer and closer and closer together to get sick, get old, and pass into eternity. Sometimes being the preacher in the family is kind of fun, kind of cool. You get to pray at Christmas and Thanksgiving, and then you can keep the prayer short so you can eat. I mean, there, you know, there's, <laughs> there's some advantages, because, you know, you, if, you give, if you give the prayer to the spiritual, super spiritual, hyper spiritual person in the family, they're, you know, they're going to want to bless everybody and everything, and I probably ought to be more spiritual, but I'm like, all right, let's eat. Thank you, Jesus, for this food. Thank you for this family. Blessed, amen. Let's go. There's, there's, there's advantages. But there's also disadvantages because you become the guy that stands at the funeral for your grandparents, your father-in-law, your mother-in-law, and your dad, and sister-in-laws, and cousins' wives, and all of a sudden this thing of death shall be no more kind of gets to be a big deal, doesn't it? What would you give for a place like that? That's the treasure. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore. The former things have passed away. He was, who was seated on the throne, verse 5, behold, I'm making all things new. How many of you have history? How many of you guys in this place have a past? How many of you have history? Come on, be honest. I could, I'm holding an iPad or I put both hands up. How, how many of you would like to get rid of some of that history? I got some stuff. And I like this place in here where he says, I make all things new. What would you give for that treasure? What would you give? Former things have passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I'm making all things new. And also he said, write these words down. These words are trustworthy and true. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have his heritage. We go down into the next section. We go down into chapter, chapter 21, verses 9, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because I, I, I want to bring this to a close this morning. But he describes this place called the New Jerusalem. Uh, you, you guys, do I have any science fiction fans with me here this morning? Anybody like sci-fi? Anybody, any Star Wars fans? All right, you're my people. Star Trek, anybody like Star Trek? Oh, yeah, I'm in. Stargate? If it's got star in front of it, I'm probably a fan, most likely, all right? So, flying cars, we were talking about this, was that yesterday? We were talking about this yesterday, and they're like, my, my friend, we were, up, we were up north, and my friend lives in Greenwood, and he's like, no, we can't have flying cars where they teach people on 465 how to drive on the ground. I said, okay, I'm with you on that one. You, you're, you're on to something there, probably, but, but flying cars, transporters, well, let me tell you about the New Jerusalem. Okay, and I don't understand how this is going to work, and I don't know that it's a technology thing. I just know what Revelation 21 says about it. It's the capital of this new earth. God reigns from here. He, he doesn't give us a lot of dimensions, but he gives us the dimensions of this city. It's, thir it's a square, okay? It's, it's 1,380 miles by 1,380 miles square. This is the city. 
If you happen to be here this morning and you're a people person, you, you like people, you like being around people, you're, you're an extrovert, you get your energy and your life force, your life being, your life whatever from people, you're going like, to like eternity because there's a lot of people. 1,380 miles is approximately New York City to Dallas, Texas. That's about 1,380 miles. So imagine this. This is the capital. This is Jerusalem. It's 1,380 miles by 1,380 miles. That is one big city. But not only that, here's the sci-fi piece of it, though. Here's the thing that gets really cool, okay? It's not only 1,380 miles by 1,380 miles. It's a cube. It's not a square. It's a cube. So it's 1,380 miles tall. High. I can see this place, I can see this new Jerusalem, and, and gold is as pure, it's so pure that it's, it's like glass, and, and, and crystals are, like, are, are, are also like glass and described that way, and 1,380 miles tall, it's got to be three-dimensional. How would you like to see a place like that? How would you like to live a place like that? Now think about this, how would you like a, to, to live a place like that forever? Now, now get this, eternity, you can't even really use the word forever in eternity because forever talks about time, and in eternity there is no time. There just is. Where God rules and God reigns the nations, there will be nations, there will be an earth, there will be a capital, there will, will be people. How, how would you, there will be no tears, there will be no death. How would you like to live in a place like that? I'm going to tell you, the older I get, the more I'm not sure I want to live forever. Now, now, understand what I'm saying this morning. You know, when I was 20, I, well, when I was 20, I thought I was going to live forever. I, I mean, I knew I wasn't, but I think every 20-year-old really doesn't, can't imagine their own death as a, as a rule. But the older I get, the more I realize if, if, if I'm going to feel like this for the rest of my life, I don't know that I want to live forever because things hurt that didn't used to hurt right? You, how many of you understand what I'm saying? If you're over 40, you probably get this, maybe 50. I don't, I don't, I don't know. But heaven's not going to be like that. It's going to place, be a place where we live forever, but the pain and the, it's gone. It's not an issue. The more I watch our world collapse around us, my wife and I were talking last week about a situation that had arisen, somebody she works with, and um, I, I, won't, I won't even go into details, but basically, here was the bottom line. What's wrong with people? Is everybody evil? Will nobody help? Will nobody do the right thing anymore? I, I mean, that was, that was pretty much the end of the conversation. That was the conversation. Like, and, and, you know, then a day later, somebody did something nice, and I had my hope restored that maybe there are some kind, nice, helpful people in this world. But for that day, it was like, no. I don't think I want to live in a world like that forever. But I read, I read Revelation 21, and I see this treasure, the kingdom of heaven, and I realize that this is a place where the enemy, the, the, the Satan, the satanic forces, the, the, the sin nature, the evil, all of those things are no longer there. And there is goodness, and there is kindness, and that wouldn't be so bad. I kind of, what would you give for that? What would you give for that? Let me bring this to a close, Cheryl, if you'll help me. On the one hand, what do you have to pay for heaven? Well, on, on the one hand, nothing, right? 
Jesus hung on a cross. He was executed. The Son of God, the innocent Son of God, paid a price for your sin and for my sin. That's foundational of the Word of God. He paid the price, so I don't have to pay the price. On the one hand, that's true. It costs me nothing for eternity. All I have to do is, is at some moment, some place in my life, and if you haven't ever done this, the sooner the better, because we're not promised life tomorrow, but I have to bow my head and say, Father, forgive me, I am a sinner, and I acknowledge that, and I need Jesus' forgiveness, and I pray, forgive me for my sins, and Jesus, be my Savior. You have to embrace that gift that was Jesus' death on the cross as the Son of God. It costs you nothing. On the other hand, Jesus also came along and said, if you would be my disciple, then you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. So on the one hand, it costs you nothing to receive this treasure of great value. On the other hand, Jesus said it cost you all, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Right? If I'd only known, if I'd only known about Cardano, three cents, $300,000 in the bank, if I'd only known, but I didn't. And you guys know that's how that usually works. But I do know about heaven. I do know about the kingdom of heaven. I do know about eternity. On the one hand, it cost me nothing. Jesus paid the price. On the other hand, it cost me everything because Jesus also said, if you would, if you would, any man who would, would, would lose his life, give up his wants and his desires and his dreams on this earth, for me, he'll find his life. He'll find eternal life. He went on to say, any person who finds their life in this world and chases their own dreams and their own desires and their own, own pleasures in this world will lose their life, lose their eternal life. And so in that sense, it cost me everything. How many of you, if I could persuade you of the next coin for three cents, you guys would be in? I mean, I'd be like, here, Pastor Barry, here's 10 bucks. Just, you know, what have I got to lose? 10 bucks, right? I don't know that, but what I do know about is the kingdom of heaven. What would you pay? one hand it cost you nothing except to bow over head and say Jesus be my savior on the other hand you're going to be my disciple everything will you stand with me this morning for just a moment I'm going to ask you to do something today right there where you're at will you bow your heads eyes for just a moment. I want you to have a moment between you and God. I want you to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. What's he saying to you? Is there anybody here this morning who would say, Pastor Barry, 
my life's not right with God. I'm not following after Jesus like I ought to. I've certainly not given him my all, all my heart, soul, mind. But I want this treasure. Is there anybody here this morning would say, Pastor Barry, I, I, I'm not there, but I want to be there this morning. And I, I, want to, I want this treasure. I want my life to be, I'm all in. And this morning I want to pray a prayer and completely surrender my life. If that's you, would you slip your hand up? Hold it there for just a moment. Thank you. Keep your hand down. Will you pray this prayer with me, each one of you that lifted your hand, or maybe you didn't and you should have. Just pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus. In fact, why don't you all just pray this with me? Jesus, I love you. And I want the treasure you offer, the kingdom of heaven. I pray this morning, forgive me for any sin in my life, anything unconfessed, I surrender it to you. And I give you my life, my heart, my strength, my mind, my energy, all that I am, I surrender them to you today. Lead me and guide me. doesn't make it hard to enter the kingdom. He doesn't. I mean, Jesus hung on a cross and paid the ultimate price. But what he does ask us to do is once we've entered the kingdom, pick up our cross, follow him. And that's where the challenge will come for you. Friends will push back. Life will happen. You'll get busy. Right? This is what my prayer for you this morning is, each and every one of you as we leave this place. It's God, help us remember we're people of eternity. We're people of eternity. Your, Your choice to follow Jesus is not just about the blessings of here and now. It's eternity. That's a treasure I'll give anything for. And my prayer is, God, help me to continue to be that guy that will give anything for that treasure, right? No matter what people throw at me, no matter what life brings, no matter how busy I want to get, help me to keep my focus upon that treasure. Because it's worth it. It's the ultimate. Father, I pray this morning as we leave this place, your blessings upon each person. I pray this morning, God, that you would help us to walk with you. Lord, to truly sell out our lives completely and totally to you. Lord, eternity is going to be something beyond our comprehension, beyond our ability to get our heads and our hearts around. And I pray this morning, Lord, help us to keep it before our eyes and surrender all we are to you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you guys. Thank you for those of you on Facebook. God bless you. You You guys have a great, great afternoon. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.